This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio. This is Christopher Gonzalez with... Megan Brasilia. And we're going to be talking about some line dance stuff today. We did not, unfortunately, make it to Dance Experience in New Orleans, Louisiana this week. Everybody else in the world, it seemed, in the dance world, was there. Yeah, it really did appear that way via all of the Facebook posts. And they were having so much fun. They were going to the, the actual area surrounding the event, as opposed to what I tend to do at events, which is stay at only a, the event. They were seeing everything. There were, like, bands parading down the street and face paint and beignets at Café du Monde. Uh, and then the event itself had Fred Whitehouse, uh, Rachel McEnany-White, Simon Ward, Niels Polson, Joey Warren, like... All these people from all over the world. Yenny was there with Paul yeah. from... Are they from Denmark? Yes. Yeah. Think. Like, all of these great things going on. We were at home. So today, we're going to talk about 10 ways to overcome fear of missing out. <laughs> uh, this, is, this has come up for other events. It'll come up for many more in the future, I'm sure. Because, unfortunately, we just can't make it to all of them, much as we would like to. We have budgetary constraints and then time conflicts. And and sometimes they're on the same weekend. Yeah. So unfortunately there's that. Yeah, like Spring Fling in Portland. Like, we would have loved to go to Spring Fling and we already had our pass for Portland. So that was another one where we, we were missing out. And then you see everybody else post about it afterwards and, and you think, like, I, I'm the only person who didn't get to experience all this cool stuff I have all this, like, regret, and I should have planned better, and why didn't someone tell me when tickets went on sale? All these things. This list, uh, which was published by, uh, we have here, Linda and Charlie Bloom on the Psychology Today, psychologytoday.com website. Uh, they write about uh, the ten, these ten ways that they've mentioned for overcoming the fear of missing out, and uh, we're going to connect each and every one of these to line dance. Okie dokie. First paragraph here says, In our previous blog, we addressed the concept of FOMO, fear of missing out, and the dangers of being possessed by this insidious condition. FOMO plagues a growing portion of the population. People who either overcommit and fail to fulfill many of their commitments or choose to avoid agreements and commitments as much as possible. In most cases, the motivation for their action or inaction is a fear that in making an agreement, they are losing the chance to engage in other experiences that could result in greater personal gratification or satisfaction. A commonly felt sentiment of many people who have FOMO is, I like to keep my options open. Below, we suggest 10 practices to help free you from the grip of FOMO and enhance the quality of your relationships as well as your overall well-being. Number one, slow down. Most of us move at a faster pace than is necessary or beneficial to our best interests. Practice taking your time when eating, driving, talking, making love, or engaging in the tasks of everyday living. It can be helpful to post reminders of this intention in prominent places in order to support yourself. We used to have a sign in our kitchen that simply read, Slow down. It worked. Enlisting the support of others, particularly those with whom you live or with whom you have close relationships, can also be very helpful. Oh, and we see also on 
on uh, Facebook that Megan Barsulia has posted, <laughs> join Christopher Gonzalez and I now on Move Radio as we talk about FOMO. I'm going to go ahead and like that post, and I'm going to add it to my timeline. And I'm also going to include a link to tunein.com slash radio slash move radio, that's move dash radio, dash S289101, which is where everybody at home who isn't already listening to this or is listening to this through other means can find the show on the internet, specifically through TuneIn. So let's go ahead and uh, put this here in the comments with a little bit of a happy face there. All right, so our first first tip here to overcome FOMA was to slow down. In what way would you say that you have used slowing down to help you appreciate maybe the event that you're at, the dance that you're doing, the venue you're enjoying? Um, well, for one, I have definitely learned over the last little bit uh, that it's okay not to get things right away. Mm. And so by doing that, I've kind of slowed down the urgency rush of having to have it perfect, mm-hmm. um, which has given me more time to actually enjoy what I was do I was doing at the moment, which mm. in most cases is learning a very complicated dance um, or one that's just extremely new style for me. Mm-hmm. Um, a perfect example is I'm not necessarily the strongest at waltzes yet. Mm. So by giving myself that like, okay, slow down. You don't need to have the first 16 counts right now. You can have the first eight. Focus Mm. on the eight. Um, It's given me a lot more um, liberties to enjoy and really understand what I'm doing and how I'm feeling in the moment Um, as well as when it comes to um, needing to take all the classes right now Mm -hmm. um, at events. I know it's really tempting for a lot of people and Hats off to people who can go to every single class, every hour, you know, kind of thing at these events, because I can't. My brain does not have the ability to comprehend, you know, six to eight classes a day and then have, like, the movements there and the memory there and the muscle memory for later in that night. Um, I've really learned that I need to slow down, um, when it comes to some of these events so that I can have fun enjoying the lessons I'm taking as well as really enjoy later in night at the night uh, during social dancing. Mm-hmm. I, I think SoCal does a really good job of this with um, not overloading their students. I know that um, Elliot likes to pace his classes so that people don't feel like they're always chasing after the next new dance. By slowing down and really just enjoying and deepening your experience of the dances you already know, you don't feel like the world is taking off and getting away from you and you know all these events are coming out where you're supposed to be learning Joey's new cool dance and you know, who knows you know, what's just been competed. So now there are 70 new dances all on one weekend. And you think, well, I'm still here enjoying my whippet. So you, <laughs> you just leave me alone. <laughs> um, it's okay to continue to do the dances that you've been doing for a while if you, don't, if you don't feel like you're done with them yet. You can move on. Those dances will still be there for you to dance and learn later. Um, 
And even if you know their entire season comes and goes before you have a chance to learn it, like work from home, you know I still have yet to really get D down, and now you know I'll probably just be seeing it even less. There's always late night. There's always just getting together with your friends for a small social and doing it there. It doesn't matter how many people you do it with. If you like the dance for itself, then you know you can just enjoy it at a different pace than everybody else in the world who seems to be doing it at these events that you're not at or that you're not ready for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it It's hard to remember to slow down for me. Mm. It's very hard. So, like, it's been a practice that I've had, had to consciously take effort for. Um, another thing is... Uh, slowing down i would say in choreography too Ooh, interesting like um you know everybody everybody wants to have pride in their dance Mm -hmm. everybody wants to be able to be like look this is what i did or we did you know Mm -hmm. for the collaborations and they want people to be able to enjoy it the way they do Mm -hmm. um and slowing down in the sense of like, okay, well, we have a dance. Now let's go crank out another one right. is not necessarily the best option mm-hmm. as we've discussed previously about having too many dances to begin with. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, really make sure that you want to choreo- uh, choreograph a dance to that song mm-hmm. is something that I've been very cautious about mm-hmm. and aware that I need to really, really love the next song I do a dance to. Because mm-hmm. um, after the experience I've had with Can't Walk Away and choreographing that, I know how important it is to really like the song that you're doing and the dance you're doing, because you're going to do it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, obviously some of these choreographers, because of the events being what they are, the event um, managers are like, you know, we need new, we need new stuff. We need new stuff. It can't be anything old. It can't be anything old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, some of them are kind of forced into this. Mm. But I know that myself personally really want, I really, really want to have a sense of pride when it comes to what I put out. Mm-hmm. So, like, knowing that it's just because I have a dance out there doesn't mean I need to do another one right away is kind of not only one something I've personally thought, but two I've actually gotten feedback specifically on it from um, p- people that I've spoken to about that are choreographers. Like, well, make sure your next one, you know, you don't have to rush it. Mm-hmm. So slow down. Make sure you really, really like it. Yeah, I um, definitely agree with that, and I would say that as the choreographer, you are kind of put into a leadership position I guess regarding how you feel about your own dance and if you put something out and people are thinking about learning it they're all set to learn it and then you come out with something else they'll think well heck the choreographer has already moved on I guess I don't need to learn it like you're you're almost saying that you're you're like declaring your own dance passe and people who want to feel like they've learned the newest, coolest thing will see you calling that dance passe and say, like, well, they can't, deci- they can't decide as just you know, some instructor that you, the choreographer, are wrong and that other dance is the newest, coolest thing. Like, if, you, if the choreographer's releasing something newer, then they have to tell all their students, well, this one's a little older, it's a couple months older, but I still really like it. Sometimes the selling point of your class is you teach the newest, coolest thing. 
So I mean, not I mean, there's a whole discussion there. Is like, is that something that you should necessarily promote um, for its own sake? Because I mean, that really just encourages more of this FOMO experience. Uh, if the only virtue of the dance is that it is new and it doesn't necessarily have to be like quote good, um, but like realistically, a lot of people do want to know what has just come out. What are other people doing? And if you are shooting your own dance in the foot by putting it out to pasture too soon, then it could have been really good and it could have had its own run for a good couple, you know, three, four months. But then you decide something else needs to take those three, four months and the other one doesn't get its day in the sun. Exactly. I, I find that, I mean, I, I was probably honestly late to the game with Funk and Feel It to begin with because it was over in Europe at, um, I think Eurodance and like it came to other places before I saw it. But um, even taking that, you know, maybe couple months head start that everyone else had uh, into account, I feel like it kind of came and I haven't seen it as much. And it was like really exciting for the for, you know, few months that I, I was uh, in a closer relationship with it than I am now. And now it's already been a few months and now it's probably not gonna like dances don't once they've had their time they don't tend to come back in a big way except maybe like the beast uh, usually they they have that if they're ever going to have a time that's when they have it but you can't just like decide five years later no this is gonna be big again we're gonna make this the thing again like no like it had its time and it did or it didn't uh, so yeah you have to be really careful like when you retire your own dance uh, by rushing to the next one. And that's where slowing down can definitely help in this case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, next we have number two. Practice discernment in regard to distinguishing what is truly important and necessary from what is merely desirable. And choose to eliminate some of the things that don't contribute to the deepening of the quality of your life experience. Be willing to say no to more things. This will provide you with more time to devote to those experiences that are more deeply rewarding. Remember, more isn't necessarily better. Focus on the kinds of things that enhance the quality, not the quantity, of your experiences. I'm really bad at saying no. I'm really bad at it. Um. <laughs> Especially when it comes to dance. Especially when it comes to dance. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's actually something I had a discussion with, with my mother just a couple of days ago that I need to say no more often. Um, <laughs> uh, when it comes to really, I guess, analyzing and figuring out, for instance, like which events... I really want to go to and how to make that happen and which dances to learn and how to make that happen and you know stuff like that it I'm, I'm such an instant gratification kind of person mm -hmm. um, that it's hard for me to really uh, figure out like how to really pick and choose um, I know we recently had the option of signing up for an event Mm. Um, and it, it just, and it's a limited window kind of situation. And it was just one of those where we were like, okay, well, if we don't do it now, it's not happening. 
and we really had to look and weigh out, okay, well, if we do this event, what are the pros? Okay, if we don't do this event, what are the pros? Okay, if we do this event, what are the cons? If we don't do this event, what are the cons? And of course, with any line dance event, the pros are more dancing with amazing people. <laughs> um, so that's really hard to beat in itself. Mm. But when looking at like finances and what we're limited with, I know that like it started going, okay, well, if I don't do this event as much as I want to, what does that leave me with the opportunities to do? Yep. Um, paying bills is a big one. Oh, yeah. So food. I, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, like you mentioned, food. Eating is good. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think if I would have uh, registered for this event, um, I probably would have been stretching my pennies pretty pretty closely. Uh, but then it, I was reminded of certain events that were upcoming that I maybe wanted to go to more for whatever reason. Mm. Um, And so that allows me to save the money from this one event that I was questioning Mm -hmm. to something that I know I want to do. And it's like, I can just put more money towards that, have a bigger, grander experience there because now I'm not like stretching to make two events work where I can just really go all out on one of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's a big thing for me. So, Yeah, Tim Ferriss has described his decision-making process. Uh, he's learned from one of his guests as, heck, well, to clean it up, uh, heck yes or no. And if you're not immediately reacting to the option in front of you with, oh, heck yes, I'm going to throw everything out the window so I can do this. Like, if that's not your reaction, just say no. Because <laughs> it leaves room in your life for something else that could come along that makes you say heck yes that you won't have to turn down because you already committed to the other one that's much easier said than done for an instant gratification individual mm. um because you know this particular event that i was most recently for instance um looking at and weighing my good goods and bads it was right around my birthday. Yeah. So it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, that could be a really cool way to celebrate. So I had that going with me, but at the same time, there was other things that I started weighing into it. Be like, but the next event that we were looking at is a month later, and it really hits a whole lot more things that I like other than just my birthday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I could, in theory, just be, that's my birthday present to me. It's just a month later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where the you know, fear of missing out can come in. Is like It's very easy for me to say, uh, by turning down that event, it leaves that week open for something even better to happen, not just near your birthday, but on your birthday even. And it's, it'll be so much more exciting, and there will be hot air balloons and fireworks and whatever <laughs> else, puppies and, and sparkles. <laughs> but by leaving that space open too long, maybe the date rolls around and nothing happens. And then you think, I should have just done the other thing. Like, I I waited too long. I had faith in the universe and then nothing actually happened. And then it just gives you that mistrust of fate that pr- produces fear and you don't want it to happen again. So then you say yes to everything and then we have the opposite of this list. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, I 
think this might apply to dances as well. Because when you think about it, like we we actually did the same process when we were going into Portland. Yes, we did. Yeah, we had to choose which dances we would learn because there were so many. Like there, with the four instructors that were there, with uh, Fred, Niels, Rachel, and uh, Simon all in attendance, we had to look at which dances could we possibly learn in time that give us the most opportunities to dance with all of them. And here in the list, or in the uh, the paragraph, they say, focus on the things, the kind of things that enhance the quality, not the quantity of your experiences. So while we probably could have looked up, let's say, all the easiest or the quickest to learn dances just to check off a lot of their names in, in being able to dance with them and then requesting all those dances, Instead, what we did was we focused on the ones that we most wanted to do with them and w- thought that we would most enjoy and prioritize learning those. And we did want to get to all of them, of course, but the ones that we knew we would really get a kick out of or the ones that might challenge them, those are the ones that we made sure to learn and that we did learn before we got there. And it was the other ones that we're just going to be saving for future events, I guess. Yes. And um, hello, Jonathan. Oh, yes. I'm glad you uh, tuned in to to hear us. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I wonder where else this would apply. Practicing discernment in regard to distinguishing what is truly important and necessary from what is merely desirable. I would say that this also can apply to taking care of your responsibilities. Like, if you have a class that you're teaching at home and no one can sub for it, and you would be letting down your personal class that's been loyal to you for years so you can go to an event, I would say go to the next event and take care of your class because that is definitely a quality over quantity situation. Like, those people um, probably know you better and you know love you more or more deeply or something than a new venue of people or a new country full of people that you haven't met yet who would be very fun to meet i'm sure but uh when it says here what is truly important and necessary from what is merely desirable i think that's a, a big example of that like taking care of your own uh, dance immediate dance family is is i would say very important yeah but at the same time um there's certain things where I mean, if it's not crucial for you to be there, and maybe that gives you an opportunity to let one of your students teach. If that's in your an stead, option. Like, like I said, one of the things that then the caveats I mentioned is that there's yeah. nobody there to sub for you. Exactly. I mean, it, it really just kind of varies. Or maybe even just discussing it with your students prior and be like, you know, this is something I'm really looking into. Um, how would you all feel? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely in- involve them in the, the decision because, like, obviously, yeah, you don't want to m- miss out. But at the same time, you don't want to necessarily sacrifice something that maybe you learn an amazing dance there mm-hmm. and you can bring it back to your class. Mm-hmm. I think it's all context specific. I mean, it really depends on the situation you're in. But if, I mean, if we're assuming here that they would really be losing more than they would be gaining by you going to the event. Yes. Then, yeah. Exactly. I would say put family first, as mm-hmm. they say in Arrested Development. Uh, Number three, go for the experience, not the symbol. There are always going to be people we admire and perhaps envy. 
It's the grass is greener on the other side syndrome. Envy can easily become resentment if we fail to recognize the opportunities available in our own lives to create experiences that are life-enhancing. Focusing on the experience, a feeling of accomplishment, adventure, connection, fun, self-respect, freedom, that underlies the object or symbol, wealth, marriage, sports car, luxurious home, helps us distinguish what is truly fulfilling from that which can only provide a temporary feeling of pleasure. Pleasure is wonderful, but an obsessive preoccupation with it can diminish our ability to experience the deeper fulfillment that comes from nourishing our soul. I think of Boogie. When, okay. I, when I see this, I think... I mean, there's definitely a lot of, uh, you know, were you there feeling of, like, Windy City, let's say. That is, like, the... Uh, among other events, that is one of the events to be at. If you're at the Crystal Boot Awards, like, oh, were you there that year? There is that feeling of um, making it if you are if you are you know at one of these events. And I would say also New Orleans this year because it sold out. So if you were one of the people who did get to go, I'm sure it felt very exclusive. Like everybody wanted to, but only you actually got to go. So. When I think of, you know, in contrast, something like Boogie Till the Cows Come Home, it's a smaller, more intimate event, and probably, honestly, not even that much smaller than New Orleans, but, I mean, it's it's not the sort of event that, you know, everybody's flying out from everywhere to go attend. Um, it's it's more like a family picnic or a barbecue, where you're, you're looking forward to it for months, and you're going to see all of your favorite people that you know, you've attended the event with for 15 years or however long. And that is really about the experience of it. It's not about saying to other people afterwards, like, oh yeah, I got in or I, I was able to go to this because anybody can go. I mean, even if it sells out, uh, they leave a lot of time for you to get in and there are airports and everything. So like it's open to everybody. Uh, but it's really more about the people who are going to be there and what's going to happen there, I guess, when you arrive, then what you're going to tell people it was like afterwards. Yeah. Um, Boogie definitely comes up um, in my mind for this, as does Dancing for the Dream. Okay. Um, both of those come up because of the fact that most people, when they find out you and I are interested in these events... Mm. Um, they're like, well, I'm going to warn you, it's not an intermediate thing. It's not an advanced thing. And it's like, well, we're not going for the dances because they're advanced. I'm like, yeah, there's certain workshops that appeal to me for different reasons, some of them being that they're going to be teaching this hard dance that I can't learn on my own or from the step sheet or whatever that I really would benefit from an instructor walking me through it. Mm -hmm. But... A lot of times it is for the experience. Um, you know, Boogie, we heard so much fun, amazing, entertaining kind of feedback that we're like, well, we would be silly to miss out on something so close because I know once we get there, we're going to be like, why didn't we do this sooner? Mm -hmm. And after Palm Springs, especially, like we were kind of on the fence still because we didn't know Michael and Michelle as well as we got to after Palm Springs. And then it's like, dude, we're just going to go to hang out with them. <laughs> exactly. And that was exactly it. It was like, that was my justification was it's close and I get to know Michael and Michelle better. Plus, I mean, all of our 
you know, local area, Bay Area people. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people there. Granted, mm-hmm. there's going to be people from out of state as mm-hmm. well. But that was a surprise. Um, yeah, a little bit. But at the same time, you know, like a lot of our Bay Area folks will be there. So it's going to be kind of like a small little reunion. Mm-hmm. And like after having such the intimate, intimate, fun, relaxed, easygoing, um, up to a little bit of intermediate dances in Palm Springs, mm-hmm. I really wanted to experience that again. I wanted that closer knit that um, Palm Springs offered that I heard that Boogie had. And then Boogie has all the games on top of it mm-hmm. and just the fun, you know, like Michael and Michelle do just such a great job of making that such an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this Dancing for the Dream event, you know, like there's some great opportunities for us just for the experience of it. I mean, Joe's going to be there. Scooter Lee's going to be I mean, like, when are we going to ever have an opportunity to really meet her? Mm. Um, and you know, it's like, it's not always about the level of difficulty. In fact, that's very seldom why I even choose dances to learn. Um, most of it is about the enjoyment factor I'm going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the whole thing of like, you know, I didn't, I didn't learn this dance because it's going to make me look cool. I learned this dance because it looked cool and I want to have fun. Yeah, like clap, clap, clap. <laughs> you know, like I love that dance. That mm-hmm. is so, thank you, Amy Glass, my mm-hmm. happy dance. Yeah. Um, and it's just because it looks so much fun. Mm-hmm. As well as like um, something like Sound of Silence. Like I didn't learn it because it was hard. I learned it because it looks stunning. Mm. And I want to be a part of that. Um, you know, and then same thing, like I enjoyed, um, teaching ain't giving by Fred Whitehouse to my girls. Like they had a blast with it and it's like, it's a, you know, beginner dance. And it's like, it was just so much fun to do. The music's fun. The steps are fun. You can play with it a little bit. So, you know, like the level of difficulty really doesn't, I mean, it doesn't apply when I want to learn something. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of how long it might take me. I think Elliot has talked about this somewhat in his uh, videos on uh, Dream On Dance, his YouTube t- uh, channel, where he does demos and generally video blogs. Sometimes people will want to learn a dance because, as you say, you know, it makes you look cool, or it, you know, it's one of the hardest ones, so then you can say, ha-ha, I know all the hard ones, or whatever. Um, but really, like to enjoy it the most... Uh, to enjoy the the process of learning the most, maybe you'd want to just go for the ones that feel good in your body. Because even if you do learn, I mean, there have been dances that I thought, okay, I see this one being done a lot, so I guess I'll try it. And I have learned at least, I would say, three that come to the top of my mind right now. And after I've done them, I've let them go. (laughs) Because I did not like how they felt. And... You know, who knows why some of them make it to the you know top of the charts. Maybe a lot of other people think they feel just fine. Maybe it's the song. Maybe it's the choreographer. Maybe it's the event it was taught at. But ultimately, like, if I'm just hitting skip every time it comes up when I'm, you know, doing open dance playlist or something, then I, I feel okay with looking at future dances that come out and saying the same thing, like... I'll give it a chance, but I don't need to keep this in my body. I don't need to reinforce this when I could be using that time for a really fun beginner or improver, completely statusless, awesome, fun dance. Yes. Yeah. Yes, pretty much yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would also say 
choreography-wise, you don't always have to throw in um, the coolest steps or the trendiest steps to prove that you know how to do them. Because uh, it can feel like you know doing your first couple of dances, if you're just trying to make a name for yourself, that if you do a beginner dance as your first dance, people will think all you know is beginner steps. But it doesn't matter what people think you know. Is the dance good? Because <laughs> you can show off all of your fancy movements and um, and have the dance like fall apart and feel awkward and stiff and uh, structureless. So in that in that sense as well, I would say uh, go for the experience, not the symbol. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying to think how does that relate to missing out. But I guess. Uh, if you're worried about you know missing your spot on the charts and coming out with a fun dance, potentially um, you know risking your reputation or your your status in in the scene or something like that, don't worry about that. Just put out a good dance. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah, that's exactly. I, I guess it would be more along the lines of um, it kind of goes with the first one too, with the slowing down. But mm-hmm. the go for the experience mm-hmm. of the creating the dance in the sense of like if no one else does this dance, like, at least you had the experience of putting it together, you had the experience of coming up with the steps, you had the experience that you can then go and build from as opposed to everybody's going to love this dance and it's going to be a hit and then, you know, like... I'll be super famous. Yeah, and then Symbols, be wealth. up there with everybody else and, mm. yeah, no. I mean, it's... I mean, obviously, you know, that's some motivation for some people, but really mm. go for... Um, how it can make you grow mm-hmm. is like my biggest thing. So, yeah, like when we were super scared of learning "Take Me to Church," and we we're like, you know what? We don't even know if they're going to play this at the event, and I don't know how many people at like Lion Dance Club would want to do this. We don't do it at Wine Country, uh, but we just needed to know that we could. Like that, it was one that looked super cool to do. Also, like very emotional, and. By doing it, by having that experience of running up against our bit, one of our biggest dance obstacles and then actually getting through it, that was a huge growth experience, I think, for both of us as dancers. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing it was possible to learn it. <laughs> <laughs> and very possible to um, forget it really quickly without reviewing. Yeah, we'll probably work on that. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, if anyone wants to send us over to Mayworth, next month so that we can dance with Guyton at his uh, one of his last few events. I mean, we'll definitely accept plane tickets. Um, yes. If you want to ship us over in the freight, or, you know, <laughs> however you can get us over there, then we'll have an opportunity to do it with him. Exactly. Yeah. Char- charitable donations are accepted. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Pass the hat around. All right. Uh, number four on this list. Be willing to not have it all. Needs are limited. Desires are endless. Accepting the essential futility of trying to fulfill every desire we have is much wiser than indulging all of our impulses for gratification. Prioritizing certain activities enables us to let go of others. Decide what your highest priorities are and focus on them. The word decide comes from the Latin decidere, which means to cut off. Deciding what to prioritize requires us to cut off other options, but makes it possible to give clearer attention to those that have heart and meaning for us. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. And yes, again, mm-hmm. really, really hard for instant gratification like me. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
one of the things I know you and I do is we have this, heaven only knows how many are actually on this list, but this very, very long list of dances we want to know. And it seems like every couple of days, there's a few more that are added. Um, And obviously, there's not enough time to learn them all while working and even going to these events and teaching and doing this and doing that. Because let's face it, time is the one thing we never have enough of. Um, And so I know you and I have like started looking at, okay, well... Let's start prioritizing by, like, the ones we really, 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 really want. And after that, do the ones that are going to show us the best benefit for, like, the next upcoming event. Because, you know, choreographer XYZ will be there. And these are their dances that we really want to know. So if we start on those first, then we'll at least be able to dance it with them sooner. Um, As well as, you know, just, like, slowly but surely learning to also cut out the ones that were like, you know, this has been on the list for about six months now, and we keep just postponing it. Is it something we really want to do? Are we okay sitting it out? Do we feel like, man, we really should know this one by now every time it's played and we're having to sit it out? Um, And so we've gotten to that point where we're okay to not have certain dances too mm-hmm. because it's just it's not that urgency anymore because there's other dances that we can dance with said choreographers that we wanted more mm-hmm. definitely so um like knowing that like it's okay to say um i don't need this dance um or that it's okay to be like you know as much as that dance looks you know really cool or really pretty or whatever it may be, um, you know, and maybe eventually I will know it. I want to learn this one first. You know, Mm -hmm. it's okay. It's, you know, that's why there's so many out there. Mm -hmm. I would also say sleep (laughs) is important. It says be willing to not have it all. Needs are limited. Sleep is a need. And if we're up very late at Sonoma State and we're deciding do we learn one more dance or do we actually get the required amount of sleep to function tomorrow at our job where other people are depending on us to be at our best? That's when we were looking at needs and wants. And I would like to have all kinds of time in the middle of the night when nobody else is you know, demanding anything of me to just, yeah, learn, 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 and, and you know, add more to the, the spreadsheet. But uh, then other things that are very important would get cut, and that's not fair to them. And we could just dance and go to work, but then we'd fall asleep at work. (laughs) So you have to really pick and choose. Like you have to be real with yourself. Like same thing with food. Do I, do I spend more on this one thing? uh, Like, you know, $20 steak dinner when I could fill up just as easily on rice. Um, But then also finding the middle ground between like, okay, Let's do like rice and veggies so that you get some nutrients <laughs> and that is a need as well. But you're also not just indulging in your wants, which is, you know, steak now when I'd rather t- spend that same $20 on like an apple and a yogurt cup at a hotel at an event. Like I would rather be able to eat there, which is so necessary, um, rather than, you know, blow it all on some wants I have here where it really doesn't matter. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, 
kind of going off that too is um, I know when it comes to me, it's sleep doesn't necessarily win when it's like, do I sleep or learn this dance? It's more or less, am I so tired that I can't actually like focus on this dance? Is Mm. it even worth trying to put it in my body? And at that point, that's when I go, okay, no, I need to sleep. Mm. Um, But I actually look at it as um, some of these events. Mm. Mm. When we're up way late closing down the ballroom during social dance, Mm. and there's that one lesson first thing in the morning, it's like, okay, do I not go to social dance? Do I leave early from social dance so I can make it to the lesson? Or... Do I skip the lesson and hope that I can learn at a different time? So. Or do you do both and then sleep in the middle of the day? Because <laughs> we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't sleep ever. So I mean, yeah, we just we can have it all. Uh, oh, there was another thing that I was thinking of that may come to me during the later part of the list. Anyway, <laughs> whoops. Next item is one thing at a time. If Even if those around us are multitasking, we don't have to. Since the 1990s, psychologists have conducted experiments on the limits of multitasking, and the studies are conclusive. Subjects exhibited severe interference when asked to perform even very simple tasks simultaneously. The human brain can only respond to one action request at a time. Psychiatrist Edward M. Hollowell Oh, not spelled the same as Jerry Hollywell, if anyone was wondering if it's the Spice Girl. Uh, No, this is Edward M. Hollowell, describes multitasking as a mythical activity in which people believe they can perform two or more tasks simultaneously as effectively as one. When people attempt to apply themselves to too many tasks at a time, they are usually not successful. When they are focused on a single task and give their full attention to it, not only are they more likely to be successful in producing a high-quality result, but their level of satisfaction while performing the task is much higher. As I'm multitasking. She absolutely (laughs) is. Everybody, she's on her phone. She's text messaging. Joe Thompson Zamansky, thank you very much. Carry on, please. (laughs) Ignore me. I'm not even here. (laughs) No. um, Yes, Multitasking. Um, back to this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that is a, a priorities thing. Um, Absolutely. Go for quality, not not podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, with that said, no, it it is true. Like knowing that, like multitasking, it does actually split your focus on both things that you're multitasking, for example, if you're doing two things at once as opposed to 12 things. Mm. Um, and so it really limits the focus and the attention to detail and everything that you could do just in general. So if you apply that to maybe saying learning four dances in one night, um, do you really have any of those dances? Mm. Whereas if you focused on maybe one or even two, and just reviewed those two over and over and over again, um, it allows you to really know the dance and own the dance as opposed to when you're like trying to cram in a bunch of them. I mean, granted with that, I also certainly give myself the permission to only have a little bit of each dance the first time I'm learning it, Mm -hmm. and then review it the next day and hopefully have more. But if you already set yourself up to, I'm only going to learn one dance a day, and just review the one prior 
or even just, I'm going to learn three dances a week total, you know, you know, I'll learn Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or whatever. And each day in between those, I'll review those dances until I feel comfortable. I mean, that's definitely a way of limiting the amount of focus um, you're spreading across things as well as um, it gives you just that time to really focus on the dance um, that all these choreographers put so much time and energy and heart into that I feel each dance deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, good luck. We're all human. We're so, you know, all over the place trying to focus on 20 different things at once mm. that um, you can miss a lot. Mm-hmm. So. That's one of the reasons I have a tripod for recording things at events, because otherwise the choice is, do I film this or do I do it? This way, with the tripod, I can do both, because the tripod's doing half the work. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so grateful for you and filming all of those different dances at these events. Um, For the sheer fact of whether I'm in them or not, because I'm dancing, is a whole different story, but... Either way, when I'm out of a dance and I'm, I'll be trying to scan the, everybody and see what they're doing, what variations they're playing with, um, how they're interpreting the music, and by ha- you having the recording or whatever, I can go back and watch that over and over and over again and watch every single different person who's dancing it mm-hmm. and see what they do with it. Um, whereas in the moment... I can focus on just being in the moment and absorbing it. Absolutely. Like uh, that happened in Portland when I was doing poetry in motion in between Simon and Rachel. And you were mentioning something that Simon was doing. I was like, I didn't see anything. I was, I mean, first and foremost, I was like definitely taking care of what my body was doing. Occasionally I would catch a glimpse of what Rachel was doing. And I always like seeing what, you know, she does with that one. So then completely missing Simon made me very glad that we had the recording of that. Yeah. So I could see it later. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, also, regarding the previous one, be willing to not have it all. There was a quote uh, that I've seen attributed to Oprah: "You can have it all, but not all at the same time." And mm. that also applies to if you are thinking about doing things like starting a family. Like you want to be, you want to be a great instructor. You want to be a great choreographer. You want to be a great DJ, but you also want to be a great father or mother or whatever. And you can do those things, but sometimes you need to put one of them first. Focus on doing that one amazingly, and then when you think you've got those skills and you're not going to lose them, then maybe try to move on to the next one. Otherwise, you're going to be spread way too thin trying to do all of them, and you'll forget something about how to create a playlist on your computer because you're now thinking about how many walls am I supposed to repeat before we move on to the next one? And wait a second, I was supposed to go over my rumba boxes versus my jazz boxes... Because now you have like a finger in every field and none of them is getting the attention it needs for you to be really good at it. Yeah. And then after a certain point, when you do decide you need to focus on a family and you might have to tour less, then um, that, that'll be a choice you can make later. Yeah. yeah. Rather than try to do everything, keep the same schedule. It just won't work. Exactly. Yeah. Next is number six. Practice mindfulness. Rather than chasing after what may just be an illusion of happiness, we can gently strive for the deep satisfaction that comes with the cultivation of mindfulness, the practice of being present in our lives and giving non-judgmental awareness to our moment-to-moment experience. Rather than desperately seeking rock star recognition, 
cultivate the mastery of enjoying mundane pleasures. Sylvia Borstein's book, Don't Just Do Something, Sit There, provides insights into how you can integrate this practice into your life. That's that's an interesting one. Hmm. I'm not sure I have anything that really truly comes to mind with the description hmm. they've used. Hmm. Um, other than the fact of being present moment to moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of like everything leading up to this point is um, kind of involved in the practicing mindfulness, like Mm. being aware that it's okay to slow down, not to have everything at the same time. It's just being super aware of that. Mm. And that, I think, allows you to be more present in the moment, like we were saying with the the videos. Mm -hmm. Like I can really just enjoy what I'm doing right now. Mm. Um, Another thing that I can kind of think about is, for instance, had I gone... Um, had I had the ability to go to New Orleans this year, granted, it would have been amazing and I would have loved it and the whole experience would have been just, you know, mind-blowing. But in the meantime, because I didn't have that opportunity um, and I was home, you know, I was able to really focus on what was going on at my home life. Um... By not being at this dance event, which there was quite a big, a lot of big changes that have happened over the last couple of weeks for me, um, most specifically this last week or whatever, and to come from something like that and go straight into what's been happening, I think it would have been a bigger shock to my system than dealing with what has been, and I've been able to be there for other people um, in the meantime, and granted, yes, that's not necessarily specifically line dance, but... Um, by taking care of my priorities outside of my line dancing, mm-hmm. um, I was able to really um, have the energy and the attention needed because I was resting those couple days. I would have been dancing like a crazy person <laughs> mm-hmm. because I, I I don't like getting off the dance floor yeah. if I don't have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I certainly would have gone into this week um, a little worse for wear mm. and um, by being aware of that fact although I do feel like um, there is a certain point that I, I missed out on mm. it's not so much of a negative mm. missing out like it would have been great to be there and oh my gosh it looks so much fun and the memories we could have made would have been fantastic but by me being here I was able to take care of all of these other things which will now open me up for all these things in the future to come. Mm-hmm. So, um, being aware that, like they said, the illusion of happiness mm. um, might just be that. Mm. It, it definitely helps put things in a little bit more perspective. Mm-hmm. And you know, now we have we're on the radio and we're going to go dancing tonight. And then this weekend we'll be with uh, Joe and Scooter and Michael and Michelle and like Mm. all these amazing people at dancing for the dream. And, um, I think we're going to go to Norm Gifford's event on Sunday. Oh, in Rancho Cordova. In Rancho Cordova. So, I mean, we have all these things that are open up to us this weekend that although we missed last weekend, we have this weekend to look forward to. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I noticed, especially during 
Windy City, when I went solo and had a lot of time to just like sit on the sides and not be interacting, not be on my phone because there's no signal. I couldn't have done anything if I'd wanted to. Uh, I could reflect a lot, and I noticed that happened in Portland as well, particularly during You're Not the Boss of Me, watching Simon and Niels just to have so much fun with that. I was able to take these moments of like, is this seriously my life right now? <laughs> like, is this happening in front of my face? It, if you don't have that moment of mindfulness to really check in and see, look around and see where you are and who's there with you, then it can just be like, okay, so we have this workshop and then, oh my goodness, that one's so hard. All right, so now we have to run over to that one and then I think we have an interview with Fred and then, okay, so then we're going to try to make Rachel's and then we're going to have to see about something to eat. So then you're eating and you're thinking, okay, so what's coming up tonight? But wait a second, wait a second. Did you stop in the middle of the interview with Fred and be like, dude, we're interviewing Fred right now. Like, we're taking this lesson from Rachel. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Like, when (laughs) when you have those little slivers of, oh, then you can enjoy it while it's happening and not just afterwards reflect on the fact that it happened and be like, oh, I should have been happier then because I didn't even know I was doing it then. Uh, When you can take that moment while it's happening it makes the whole snapshot of everything so much clearer. And I think there must be something physiological or something where just having that spike of emotion of noticing that this is real, this is happening in your life for you right now, that bubble of neurotransmitters or whatever really makes that moment stand out. And then you don't forget it. Yeah. Um, I certainly, I mean, I've told you probably a hundred times and I'll tell you a hundred more. Like, I hope I never get used to my life. Hmm. I really hope I never get comfortable with what it's become because it is so amazing and I feel so fortunate and so blessed to be able to do what I've been doing with all of this dance-related stuff, with all of the people I've met and the connections I've made. I never want to be able to, I never want to take that for granted. And so I've made a very conscious effort about being aware of that. However, it still shocked me in Oregon as I was sitting down during social dance. It was one of the few dances I didn't know that I sat out for. And I was um, conversing with a gentleman named Aaron. And he was asking me questions about this and that and dancing and instructing and like everything that I've been doing and how, how I know all these dances. And so like, you know, I'm explaining just you know, my process of things and where I've come from in the last like nine months and you know everything. He goes, wow, you're living the dream. And like, it shocked me almost because like I look and obviously everybody, because it's human nature, we want more. We want more. And I look at people like Amy and granted, most of these will be female names because I'm female and I relate a little bit better. Um, Joe and Rachel and Madison. And I see all of these amazingly talented women and I go, wow, I want that. How do I get there? And in the meantime, I've done a pretty decent job of not forgetting, like, how blessed I truly am. But, like, to have someone else recognize how just, you know, fortunate I am was like, what? Oh, I guess you're right. I am kind of living the dream. I mean, it's a struggle for sure. (laughs) I definitely don't have any of my ducks in a row whatsoever. (laughs) It's all an illusion. Um, But 
for someone else to look at my life and feel like I'm living the dream is such a surreal feeling and so cool and humbling at the same time. Like I, I realized it was like, yeah, I might want more and I might eventually get it, but what I got right now is so good. So I'm, I'm definitely very blessed and having that reflection allowed me to really think about it and become more present almost if that was even possible i find this applies even on uh, a bless you uh, much smaller scale like at line dance club where uh, this is sonoma state line dance club where it could be easy to do a dance just sort of in passing because somebody requested it so you put the music on and you just kind of you know do it while you're thinking about other things like what are we going to teach after this uh is so-and-so coming later or uh, what am I going to teach when we get to Twin Oaks tomorrow or whatever? Like you can think about all these other things while supposedly you're doing this dance with everyone else in club, but you can also take that moment and just be in, in the music, in the dance and think, wow, I get to do this with all these friends of mine who think like I do about dance and who feel as excited as I do when we're able to learn something new together. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna enjoy this. I'm just gonna do this with them and just kind of turn off whatever else is going on in the mind as it happens um, and just be thankful that you have that semester or that day where everybody happened to be there at the same time because you never know who's gonna be there you know from week to week. Somebody has homework, somebody has to study, um, somebody is out of town. and last semester we had Brooke. <laughs> And we had Stephanie, who was one of our officers. <laughs> so, uh, like, and I was... even we alternated. Like, yeah. I think I made it to one or two. Mm-hmm. And I I was so grateful anytime Brooke was there, uh, because it meant we could get to teach something. Right. And this semester, like, when I think of how many people we have and how many people have come back because they were studying abroad or whoever... Uh, like you can you can you can experience that same gratitude with one person or with like a dozen people and it doesn't like make one better than the other like you can still feel that moment of gratitude even if it's just yourself if you showed up and you're all alone in the room you can put on music and be grateful you have a body <laughs> cuz hey you know, you're there to dance and uh you don't have to cancel just cuz you know you're the only one there you know, you're a perfectly legitimate member of club as well <laughs> and um and you can be thankful that you have that space. There have been so many times we wished we had a space right? to dance for whatever reason, whether we're reviewing or practicing, teaching something to each other. And just having that space alone when nobody else is able to make it, um, that's a blessing in itself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. Mean, I Just yesterday, I had actually showed up early to club and no one was using the space. So mm-hmm. plugged in my phone and I... Uh, turned on my Bluetooth headphones and I went to my review list of the dances I've learned in 2017, press shuffle. And for you know an hour, I just took what I could out of that space and just used it because mm-hmm. like, I, I didn't know when I was going to get that opportunity again. Mm-hmm. So I just tried to make the most of it knowing that it's so rare. Mm-hmm. Even if you're at a floor where, you know, maybe the texture or the flatness is not what you would like, and you think, oh, I could be at this other place right now where maybe the floor would be better. 
at least you're not on concrete because we've danced on that and uh, yes you, we have if you're on if you're on concrete at least you're not on grass because we've danced on that <laughs> like there are so many so many things that could be worse about your dance experience no matter where you are or what you're doing um so just being mindful and grateful of what you do have during that it will prevent you from feeling like you should be anywhere else wow number seven just just now cracking the halfway point prioritize relationships over acquisitions in terms of our well-being quality relationships trump quantity of possessions and experiences every time investing time and energy in relationships and cultivating the skills that they require may be one of the best things that we can do to bring higher levels of fulfillment into our lives which is a wonderful antidote to the compulsive activity that characterizes FOMO I don't know if we can really say prioritize relationships in a sense of like, hey, this is advice to line dancers mm. because they're amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, line dancers have always, in my experience, done an amazing job of building friendships and relationships internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, I.e., we're talking in California right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um so like that in itself certainly I think that just in general describes line dancing so I don't know how much we could I could personally really build on that maybe you have something it seems like acquisitions are such a non-issue when it comes to line dance if they're saying prioritize relationships over acquisitions maybe it's sort of like the experience versus symbol thing where if you are so concerned about trying to get every money-making opportunity possible, then you're afraid that you're missing out on another opportunity where you can make more money when really you should be focusing on an opportunity to be with your family that weekend when you're so concerned that you're not making enough money. like that That's not even something that should necessarily be on your radar. Yeah. Well, that's a quick one. All right, number eight, (laughs) savor the moment. Take time to linger over pleasurable experiences rather than rushing through them in quest of the next thrill. Really smell the coffee and the roses and the other delightful scents that you encounter. Take the time to thoroughly take pleasure in the sensory delights that enter into your field of awareness and cultivate the fine art of savoring the tastes, sights, and other sensations that you encounter in your daily life. Also, it turns out this is a list of 10, not 12. So we were past the halfway point a little while ago. (laughs) So we're fine. (laughs) Right on track. Um, Well, besides the idea that we have already kind of touched on this idea of like taking a moment and just really being grateful and being present Mm -hmm. um, that allows you to savor it. One of the things I like to do um, is every so often when I'm learning a dance, I like to like just kind of stop and check in and see how the movements make me feel mm-hmm. um, and just how like what's going on with me physically and emotionally at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy to just enjoy the events for me. I mean, like it's a giant party with all my friends and family, basically that's I don't know um. I don't know if there's actually anything about events that I don't like just totally 
you know, enjoy and savor every moment possible of who's there, who I get to see, who I get to dance with, you know, what lessons I get to learn. Um, and like, even just so much of like the ballrooms themselves that I'm taking lessons in, like the decorations and just like what thought they put into, you know, having 12 pitchers of water in the back of the room or something like that. You know, I like to find things to really enjoy about each event that makes them special and unique from the other events I've been to, as well as just, I know when we went to Vegas, one of the best things we did was we did a recap every single night about what happened that day. And it was just like, oh my gosh, that happened. Oh my gosh, that happened. Oh my gosh, that happened. Like, we got to do that. We got to do this. We got to, you know, talk with that person or we got to learn this dance or like all of it, it really helped me just re-enjoy the moment and reflect and like just truly, truly feel blessed for being a part of it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go super literal on this one and uh, say that if you're paying that much for hotel food, enjoy it. (laughs) Like really chew every bite. Um, also, even when I was just eating my fruit cocktail cans at uh, Big Bang, and I, I packed them with me, and to get them through, you know, security and checking a bag was like twenty-five bucks for what I thought was going to be you know, a deal of spending uh, you know, half price at Safeway on stuff that I could bring in. What that taught me was, well, I do enjoy fruit, so I am just I'm I'm going to make the most of this, mm-hmm. and I'm going to enjoy it as much as I can. Uh, a can of fruit cocktail and really if you're rushing through whatever it is you're eating especially like when you're dancing then you you won't be able to unlock as much as you possibly could from that food and you need every calorie when you're dancing for six hours or however long during open dance so yeah if you're if your ham sandwich from the gift shop costs eight dollars Make that the best ham sandwich you've ever had. For real. Yeah, because like it's not going to make the the experience of spending that much any better if you're complaining through every bite to yourself or True. to others. Certainly not to others. Um, oh, which relates to our, our next point here. Number nine, cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Instead of chasing fantasies we believe will fulfill us, we can cultivate gratitude. This practice allows us to more deeply appreciate what we have rather than focusing on what we lack or desire. FOMO is fear of not having something that is necessary for our well-being. Gratitude allows us to count the blessings in our life right now, in this moment, where life is actually going on. I'm so grateful personally to have this like the, this opportunity to talk to people through Move Radio. We were already doing line dance podcast just as in a recorded format and it would have been um, I mean we I guess we sort of were looking at you know the future and maybe you know doing live streams or something like that but even better than that we have Move Radio, you know. It's uh it's there's so many things where like my dance shoes they're peeling a little at the edges and you know, broadcast radio stations are, you know, much huger than, in, in some ways, uh, than what we have. But there are a lot of things in my life where I say, you know, it is what it is, and it's good. And this is definitely one of them. If if we had a photo, we should probably take a photo before we're done, <laughs> of what our setup looks like right now. It's 
Very simple. But we don't really need much more than this to talk about the things that we love and share that with the people who seem to care about this topic about as much as we do. So um, I'm very definitely grateful for the opportunities we have had. I, mean, I could go down the line. You post them one, a new one every day <laughs> um, and on Facebook. And um, When I'm being good. I, when, when you're being otherwise good. Otherwise, it's a list of like two or three that... From the past two days, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like there, there's so many things that like fill my mind with how good things are that I don't really. There's not like a lot of space left over for. I mean, there's a little bit. If I clear a room, I think, okay, well, here's how we can maybe go into the next couple months and really grow, or uh, maybe we can you know reach more beginners over the the course of the year and show them what this field of dance is all about and you know they can fall in love with as much as we have there's definitely some room for that you know looking to the future but so much of my mental space is just filled up with how great things are yes um one thing i have certainly noticed is how almost easy and natural gratitude comes to most line dancers. Mm. I mean, you see after all of, all of these events, all these long posts of people thanking people for such a great weekend, for such a great experience, for such a great opportunity, and they're so grateful for this person and that person and everything that happened. Um, and, of course, you have all of those memories along the way um, that you get to take with you, and that's certainly something that, you know, like you see out there when it comes to the line dance world. Um, I know... In the past, I have personally been told that I see the world through rose-colored glasses or I'm very idealistic um, and almost naive. And to a certain extent, at the time, you know, that was a bad thing because I was being reprimanded, essentially, for it. And over the years, I've kind of come to the to the conclusion of, and what's wrong with that? Hmm. What's wrong with me liking to see the happiness and the joy and the good things in life, even if it's something as simple as, I woke up today. I woke up today, so the day is filled with possibilities. Um, And over the last several months, I've been more aware of putting out the good energy, not just thinking it to myself, but really just stating it in black and white or sometimes color, depending on what Facebook lets me do. Um, And really just thanking the universe for the opportunities that I've been given and the chances I've taken and the people that have come into my life. And as each month goes on, I've had more people enjoy that same thing they've banded together with me to show the positive things in their life to show the gratitude and that they're grateful for what they are given even with all these struggles that everybody deals with day to day and yes 90% of mine include dance but you know what I am so eternally grateful for dance and for the people that dance has brought into my life and the opportunities such as the podcast and now being on Move Radio and just where it's brought me as an individual, taking that moment to just express gratitude, is it's changed my thinking 
even more so where a lot of times it's almost hard for me to even think about something negative. Mm. It's almost always now just in a positive light or at least even if it's, you know, something that maybe I wouldn't have made the choice myself, I go, but they're happy. Mm-hmm. So what does it matter? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's really quick as to how I've trained my mind to become a more positive and gra- uh, gracious and just all of it to really telling people how much I appreciate them because they don't know. Or if they do know, it's still really nice to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I've been inspired by the dance world and community mm-hmm. to increase my output of gratitude for sure. Um, and it has made such a difference in my in my life. So for that, I'm very grateful. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We've had um, very strong role models. Uh, and I'm going to give the obvious shout out Joe. to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and she also really embodies uh, mindfulness, I think, as well, where it seems like any dance she's doing seems like the only dance that has ever existed. Like, she is fully in it. And there might be, you know, hundreds of others that she's choreographed herself or learned from others in the past, but when she's doing that one, that's the only dance. And, like, sometimes on online you'll see... Um, You'll see various memes where it's like, um, find somebody who looks at you the way... This, this... dog looks at pizza? Exactly, yeah. And, <laughs> and with her, it's like, find somebody who who looks at you like she does any dance. Because it's like she's in love with the music and the movement of her body and being surrounded by all these friends of hers. And that's all that matters. And that is just such a healthy thing to be around and to see exist in the world. Like, people write about the, those sorts of things and those kinds of people, but to know that one of them really exists is uh, amazing. We're so blessed to know her and have her in our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, number 10 on this list, 10 out of 10 ways to overcome fear of missing out. 10, enjoy the process. Integrating these practices into your life can be a labor of love and can be experienced as a blessing and an opportunity rather than a series of obligations. Let yourself take pleasure in the heightened level of relaxation and ease that comes into your life as you gift yourself with these experiences. It's not just you. Everyone in your life that... uh, hmm, Interesting way of phrasing this. Everyone in your life benefits from losing FOMO. They have the word that benefits, but anyhow. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. Just enjoy the process. Know that there's going to be ups and downs and struggles and celebrations and all of it. Um, If you're enjoying it along the way, everything's going to feel like it's a blessing or a gift. So you're less likely to feel like you're missing out on something because although... Yes, it could have been awesome to be there. Or, yes, it could have been really cool to know that dance. Or, you know, whatever that case may be, um, knowing that you get to do something else or that you got to do something else uh, can definitely benefit. I mean, obviously, I would have loved to be in um, at Spring Fling 
would have loved to be there. Half of my friends were there. But with that said, the other half were with me in Oregon. Mm -hmm. So no matter which one I went to, I was going to slightly wish I could be at the other one. Mm -hmm. But with them being on the same weekend, that kind of <laughs> makes it a little bit hard to be in two places at once in two different states. Mm -hmm. um, but with that said, I'm so glad and grateful that I went to the one I did for the sheer fact that I have the memories I do. Mm -hmm. Not that I wouldn't have had amazing memories at the other ones, because I'm sure I would have, but I'm just so grateful for what I did get to experience. And I had so much fun learning the dances I learned and so much fun speaking with Fred Mm -hmm. and catching back up with Simon and actually getting to talk to Rachel about a few things and even meeting Niels. I mean, for the very limited interaction we got with him, you know, like those, those are just memories that I'm always going to cherish. And then to, you know, have the conversation I did with Brecken and her be as gracious as she is and let us, you know, dance, can't walk away two nights in a row. I mean, like, shouldn't have to do that so like, it's just a whole thing where it's like I'm so glad that that is where I was that weekend and although yes it would have been nice to have all of my friends there wasn't the case mm -hmm. but I got a really good experience out of it I got something I'm going to cherish something I'm not going to forget and you know I just get to look forward to what lies up ahead mm -hmm. one of the maybe sort of sadder things uh, that when I remember it really brings me back to the present is uh, a friend of well classmate of mine I didn't know him all that well um, we would talk sometimes in French class in I guess it was sophomore sophomore year of high school uh, a guy named uh, Angelo I think I know it was it was freshman year because the teacher we had then would call us by our French names and she would call him Antoine and uh, we used to kind of bug him but I think eventually he just got used to it uh, he went into the military right out of high school and when he was 19 he was in Iraq and something unfortunate happened and um, that was it so sometimes like when it when it crosses my mind again I'll think you know anything I've done we were the same age anything I've done since I was 19 as bad as some of it was like <laughs> as as stressful Silly. and like so many things that I wish didn't happen because they were so like emotionally taxing for one reason or another that's still an experience at all that yeah. I got to have and I think of all the life that he missed um, because of what happened so it, I mean, when good things happen, then I don't need. I mean, that that's something that doesn't really cross my mind as much. But it's when the bad things happen that I really need to remember. Hey, at least I got something. Yeah. At least I had anything at all. It's all part of living, which I I get to do, as they say. You know, enjoy the process in this one here. Um, so I, you just kind of have to take it all together. And I'm not entitled to anything. I don't, I mean, oh, I got to go to this event, but I couldn't go to that event. I did, I could be sitting here with two broken legs and I couldn't go to either event. And I mean, so many worse things could be happening to me than me having to choose between one or the other. <laughs> True or story. Or choose one dance over another. 
So I just try to rem remind myself of that and then I feel a little bit sillier for complaining. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we are going to take a stretch break for, uh, on the behalf of those out there who would like to take a stress break, a stretch break, and uh, maybe you know, prepare something for yourself in the kitchen. We are also celebrating a birthday. We are. Jono Lieberman. Yes, of course. It's his birthday today. He's the choreographer of a number of excellent dances out there. Uh, one of his most recent is Grab Your Skates. He's also done... Uh, Stomp all... Like Your What is... Uh, Stomp Like What is taken off pretty big mm. down in L.A. Oh, yeah. I think they're actually teaching that at Stagecoach Festival this coming oh, weekend. nice. And let's see. He's done All Bass, No Treble, which I think he won at uh, Vegas Dance Explosion for a little while back. And he was able to get a teaching position in 2015 because of that dance. Uh, let's see. I think he did X's and O's with Rick Dominguez. That's one of my favorites and um, definitely one that I'm very glad I learned. And there's also... One by Jason Derulo that we are going to put on right now for you. Uh, this is his dance uh, set to the song Get Ugly, the clean version. <laughs> so we'll be back in just a few minutes as we pause and then come back for another topic that I think you will find interesting in your line dance life. <laughs> 